Several years ago, Frank Harris began interviewing people around the country about the 400th anniversary of the first Africans to arrive in British North America. He asked them two simple but important questions. How should the 400th be observed? And if you had the chance, what would you say to those first Africans? The responses he got inspired him to write a poem called They Came Across the Water, Precious Black Cargo. Here's an excerpt. They came across the water, precious black cargo, in the dungeon below, nameless, homeless, unremembered, unknown, African to African, dust to dust, greed and lust. Forgotten adage, the first passage, village slaughter, the beginning of the horror. Among the dozens of interviews he conducted, Frank says there was one response in particular that stuck out to him. When I was in Mississippi, um, I met this guy, and, and I asked him about the 400th. And he ended the interview by saying um, they had a tough time coming across the water. Hmm. And those words stuck with me. They had a tough time coming across the water. This was after he described the many things that Africans had gone through on the way here. And then I read the book by Zora Neale Hurston called The Last Black Cargo, um, in which she talks about—this is, this is an interview she did back in the 30s with the person who was said to be the last enslaved African brought to America— I mean, the book really touched me because it talked about the experiences of this African as he left Africa. And he was old enough to remember what happened, and he described what happened to him in his village. So those, right. those things kind of inspired me to write this poem. Um, but for me, it describes really the challenge that the descendants of enslaved Africans have experienced in this country— from day one, from Africa, and that mm -hmm. we're still experiencing today. Right. I mean, you, you've been traveling around and asking people, you know, personally, what do they think about the 400th, how it should be observed, if at all? What motivates you to take on this project as a way of maybe accessing people's everyday thoughts about the anniversary? Well, I, I, first of all, I'm, I'm a journalist. Um, I love history. I've always had a commitment to to the interests of of black people in this country. My parents were involved in civil rights. They were from Mississippi. And I love talking to people. I think everybody has a story. And it's interesting because I'll walk up to strangers um, as well as people I know. But when you walk up to strangers, it's really interesting you would think that maybe they may not want to talk to you, but oftentimes people will open up and tell you their stories and tell you their mm. thoughts and feelings. So when I ask people, first of all, most people were, and, and many still are, unaware of this event. Right, uh, right. So that was the first thing. I would say even in, in some speeches that I've given, some talks that I've given, I will say the 400, what does it mean to you? And no one, <laughs> maybe recently now people will know, but no one knew what the 400th was. And I kind of expected that. But when I tell them, it really strikes them. And, and sometimes the responses that people give 
Um, it's, it's very powerful. I mean, it, mm. it, it, it floors them. And when I ask the other question, like not just, you know, how should this event be observed, I will ask them, if you had the opportunity, what would you say to the first enslaved African? What would be your words to that person? And I've had people like pause and gasp and, and, and try to really think about what they, what they might say. But well, well, give us a sense of, of the kinds of responses that you've gotten to, to that and to other questions. Well, I, I um, interviewed Erica Huggins. Erica Huggins is a former member of the Black Panther Party, um, and she said two things that were striking. She said, first of all, I don't know, I may not know your name, but you are forever in my heart. And she also said that it, it is my sacred duty to honor you forever for the rest of my life. Mm. One gentleman I interviewed in Harlem last fall, and it was actually, I interviewed him. He was from Oklahoma. He and his wife were visiting Harlem. And the words that he said were, I'm sorry. And the way he said it was, and this was a black man. He said, I'm sorry. You know, that's what he would say to him. And there was a long pause, and I said, about and he said, for what you had to go through, mm. and I'm sorry that we have not done enough in this country, we meaning black people. Um, and I had one of my colleagues uh, at Southern, uh, Professor Siobhan Carter-David, she asked him, are we what you imagine we would be? And she talks about how the first Africans would have no way of knowing what the future would bring or if they could envision themselves ever being free. Um, so her question was, are we what you imagined we would be? So there were a number of different responses, and all of them were were touching, were moving. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it really does serve to capture the complexity of the black presence in the Americas more generally, right? Which is, I have to imagine that there are a number of people who feel a personal connection to the history of African enslavement, who certainly feel a connection to the events of 1619, and who feel that in marking that event, there is, in fact, much to celebrate in terms of the arrival of black people to the place where their citizenship would be recognized, to the point where they were able to put their families back together, to build institutions and the like. There's a long way that people have come since that period. And at the same time, I have to imagine that your understanding and your discussion with others about the 400th was a very solemn occasion, one that couldn't necessarily be called a celebration, but maybe something else. Did you get any sense of people appreciating that difference in your conversations with them? There were times when I I always used the word observance. I didn't Mm. say celebrate because, and this was some of the things that some of the people I interviewed said, how do you celebrate your ancestors being enslaved. And there's a number of different ways to look at that. One person said to me, and it, I, it was actually Erica Huggins again, uh, doing it. at the time I interviewed her, it was Aretha Franklin's funeral. And the, the fact that when Aretha Franklin died, people are not celebrating her dying. They're celebrating her living. Right. And in the same way, you're not celebrating 
enslavement. You're celebrating those who persevered, those who endured. Um, there was this another lady in, in Mississippi. The, she was a mayor at the time. It was in Sidon, Mississippi. And she said, we should celebrate. And she said, we're not celebrating enslavement. We're celebrating the fact that we, that we survived. We're strong people, mm, that we built mm. this country. And went through a, a whole lot to do so. Mm. So in light of um, the people that you spoke with, your own personal um, engagement with a lot of these issues and themes um, through the journalism and just through living in this country, um, what do you think is the best way to observe the 400th anniversary? And, and how does your own sense of meaning frame or shape how you think the holiday should be observed? You know, I, I've thought about that, and I don't know if there is a one best way to observe it. But personally, for me, what I'm going to do, uh, I'm in, in a New Haven area, and we have an ocean. So on a Sunday morning, there's a call for people to toll a bell. I think the U.S. Park System has a—one of the things they're encouraging people to do is on Sunday on the 25th of August to toll a bell in honor of the—for four minutes in honor of the 400th. So I'm going to go to the ocean and the beach, mm. and I'm going to toll a bell. I may say a few words. I'm bring a few people with me. Um, that will be part of my honor. Uh, my observance of the uh, of the 400th, um, and I may do some other things in between now and then. But for me, that's one of the things I'm doing is is again trying to just to get the word out and trying to pe- get people to recognize that this event occurred, so that we don't let this time pass without some type of commemoration, some type of observance of those who came before us and who helped build this country. Frank Harris is a journalism professor at Southern Connecticut University. To learn more about this project, you'll find a link on our website at backstoryradio.org. 